every job within, I think, DFPS has its, its the hard parts, right? Uh, and so there, I know, like, as workers, I, when I was in the field in conservatorship, even now as a foster adoptive, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I go, oh, did I forget something about this case? Did I miss something I didn't mean? And I know, like, with the investigators, you know, waking up and not knowing what your day is going to look like, right? right? That can be very stressful. And so you're dealing with this anxiety and the stress. And so when you engage in an activity or passion that you have, and you're inducing that flow state, you're able to kind of at least momentarily yeah. remove those anxieties. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the ERS Walk and Talk podcast. This week, we are talking with Albert Lucio, who is a foster care development specialist with the Texas Department of Family and Protective Services. Albert has worked for DFPS since 2005, which is also the same year he discovered his passion for sand sculpting, which has taken him all over the United States and to Canada to compete in various sand sculpting events against some of the top sculptors in the world. Albert has been featured in Texas Monthly's Drop Everything list on the cover of the Austin Chronicle, and last year he competed in a reality television show called Race Against the Tide. In our conversation, I asked Albert to talk about the concept of flow. Flow is a state of being completely immersed in an activity, and it has been researched extensively and associated with happiness and well-being. Albert talks about ways for all of us to find the flow state at work and through discovering our passions. Albert and I also conducted a webinar on this topic earlier this year, so if you want to dig deeper into this topic, please check out the show notes for a link to the webinar. And I've also included some links where you can find some pictures of some of the amazing work that Albert has done with his sand sculpting. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, I hope you will subscribe so that you will receive updates when new episodes are released. All right, here we go. Albert, welcome to the ERS Walk and Talk podcast. Thanks for having me, Lacey. Yeah, good to have you. We are um, recording live from the ERS headquarters in Austin, so nice to actually be in the room with someone I'm recording a <laughs> podcast with for a change. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about different topics around flow and some of your hobbies, but before we get into that, can you just tell everybody a little bit about your background and what you do for the state of Texas? Yes. So I work in foster adoption development. Uh, I work in Region 7. Um, and so we you know, recruit, license, uh, manage foster adoptive homes, uh, and then you know, deal with any kind of issues or uh, crisis that occurs with parenting, uh, children with traumatic uh, backgrounds, as well as helping to support the foster and adoptive homes okay. as they transition into permanency for the children. But I've been doing with the state for 16 years. So I've worked as a conservatorship worker uh, in the field, so in the trenches. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked in intensive family preservation. Uh, I've worked at statewide intake. So I've had a variety of positions with the state. Yeah. And I know some of those positions are really challenging just because you're going into people's homes mm -hmm. and you're seeing some really difficult things, which is why we've talked a lot about the importance of having mm -hmm. hobbies and having sort of outlets and things that you can do to help you just maintain your health and well-being. Mm -hmm. And one of those things for you that I think is super interesting is sand sculpting. Um, yes. And a lot of people don't really know when we say sand sculpting, they think of like building a sand castle on the beach. Can you tell people what is yeah. sand sculpting and what it looks like for you? Well, I think you referred to it as a hobby and I, and I, I, I mentioned before that it's not a hobby if you pay taxes on 
on it. So, um, but yeah, so uh, I do sand sculpting on the side as, uh, as one of my passions. And I go and build giant sand sculptures all around uh, the U.S. for either public events like competitions or for private events or for um, even private display or public displays where a company or something may want a giant display. And so these things are, are pretty immense. So it's not your usual five gallon bucket on the beach mm-hmm. kind of, kind of sculpture. Some of these sculptures are, um, wow. The last one that I worked on was 350 tons. So uh, a ton is 2000 pounds. So divide 350 times two, and that'll give you or 700,000 pounds. Is wow. what uh, is what we are uh, roughly working with. Uh, that one was 22 feet off the ground, and it took us about 10 days to complete. So these are these can be very immense, giant sculptures. And so there's a lot of physical activity that goes into it, a lot of mental uh, resources committed to it because you're sculpting. So it's mm-hmm. like an artistic kind of thing, and then you know all the all the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. yeah. Was that one that you were just talking about, the one you did in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah, that's the one yeah. I did in Los, Los Angeles. So that was a public display. Okay. Yeah. Where could people go if they wanted to see a picture of that? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's different places. I mean, you could probably look up, I think, the Outlet Mall. I cannot remember the name of the Outlet Mall right now. Oh, the Citadel. Okay. So that was at the Citadel. Okay. Um, you can look at stuff at Texas Sandfest also has a bunch of like sculptures that we do because we do yeah. huge ones even there as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try. I always like yeah. to put links in the show notes so yep. people can actually see what we're talking about yep. so I'll, i will in the show notes have some links where you can actually see some of albert's work um very incredible um sculptures amazing artist and you're also in a reality tv show called race against the tide that's correct can you talk yeah. a little bit yeah. about that I didn't yeah so tell that, you i was going to ask you about uh, that I did, I, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah so it was a, a reality competitive show that was in canada and you can see i think there's some clips on YouTube, but Mm -hmm. I know that it it streamed in Canada. They're on season two now. Uh, So I was on season one and I competed with my father. Uh, For anybody who looks for it, I won't tell you how far uh, along we got in the competition. I don't Mm -hmm. want to spoil it. Uh, We didn't make it past the first episode. So that was was a highlight. Um, But it's a lot of fun and it was a five hour. It it was a brutal competition because it was five hours from the time that you began to the time you ended and they wanted pieces that looked like they took 23 hours to mm. do. Uh, and so you were uh, really kind of competing against yourself as well as, as the title says, the tide, because mm-hmm. it was in Fundy Bay. And Fundy Bay has the uh, biggest tide swings in the world, I think, or someplace. Mm. And so it goes out, uh, wow, like it drops like 50 feet. But where we're at, it would go out maybe 100, 200 yards and then come rushing back in mm. within that you know six-hour loop. Uh, and so it was a lot of fun and, and it was a great time. Yeah, so you literally... Racing against the tide, no pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Racing against the tide, uh, and my and Gorn, I was competing with my father, so you know we got our family tension. It wasn't Orange County, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, choppers <laughs> level, but it was you know there was some tension that was there. Father and son, comp- we haven't competed with each other in thirteen years since yeah. that show. So, yeah, from yeah before we did that show, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So when you do um, sand sculpting, mm-hmm. which you are, you know, regularly going out and doing these massive projects, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've talked about in the past and you and I conducted a webinar on the topic of flow mm-hmm. and how you can sort of just go into a zone, even though it's really difficult work mm-hmm. where you kind of just immerse yourself in it and nothing else seems to matter, which the research is showing is actually really good for our health. Can you talk a little bit about flow 
Yeah. Um, let's define it for folks, and then yeah. So, uh, so we know we know. Uh, Lacey and I have talked about this this guy before. His name is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and he is the the psychologist who studied uh, flow or flow state. Uh, and we, and what was fascinating is he wanted to look at he was looking at happiness and trying to understand what are indicators uh, for people to know who's going to be a happy individual. So they looked at like income, mm-hmm. looked at social class, looked at country. Uh, looked at religious affiliation, looked at all these different different data points and found that there was no correlation between any of these things and your happiness. So mm-hmm. the richest person could be uh, just as happy as the poorest person, right? And there was no real indicator or just as sad. Uh, so... Uh, so when he started looking at it, he started when when me I started looking at happiness. He started interviewing athletes and musicians, and they were all describing a state of bliss that they would get into, where they were like, in, if you're a musician, you may consider like when you're jamming and you just kind of hit a rhythm and you just keep playing and everything kind of falls away. Uh, as an athlete, same thing. You hit that zone where you're just making shot after shot and everything else kind of falls away. Mm-hmm. Um, and sand sculpting is the same. So the way he kind of describes it is, it's a place where all your physical all your cognitive faculties and your physical um, sensory parts, so all of your all of your all of your body is really engaged in an activity that is giving you feedback that is causing you to be in a state of bliss. Mm. I think that's kind of the best way, right? Everything just falls away, and you're just in this place where uh, it, it just feels good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what other ways for people who may not be um, artists or musicians or athletes, how can people find the flow state just in life? Like, I think I find it when I'm creating PowerPoint presentations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. I don't know, that might be also oh, odd yeah. for some people, but I love creating presentations. It makes me feel well, like I'm totally flow. What's funny is sometimes I, so we have to do like um, case reviews for, for my job. Like I have yeah. to go through my case and make sure everything's in there and updated and all kinds of, and I get very much into a flow state when I'm doing yeah. that. It's very exciting. And I, and I could sit there for hours, like going through documents. Right. So, so in a flow state, essentially a flow state has to have a couple of components. One of them is, um, it has to be an activity that gives you feedback. So it can't be like watching television isn't a flow state because you're not in, you're, it's not engaging with you mm-hmm. and you're not really engaging with it. You're just kind of staring at it. Right. Um, but an activity like you're creating PowerPoints, you're mm-hmm. engaging in something, you're building something, and it's giving you positive feedback. Uh, the other part is it, it has to have uh, two other main components. So it has to have a challenge. So the activity has to have a challenge that is within your scope of skills or just right outside of your skill set. So that's sort of the two other components. So, mm-hmm. uh, for example, um, if you are somebody who likes playing uh, dominoes or cards, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a skill set, right, that you've, you've combed yeah. over time, and then you have your challenge, which is the game of playing like poker, right? right? Or playing dominoes and you're creating that challenge. So games are can be flow-inducing mm-hmm. because you have a skill set in challenging that. Uh, it could be having a conversation. Like really good conversations yeah. can also, because you're engaging with somebody and you're creating that uh, feedback loop that's right. there that's positive. Yeah, Which also can be, I mean, it, it is a skill to mm-hmm. be able to even communicate with people. If you think about, yeah. um, I watch kids a lot of times, especially in, I don't know if this 
because you actually teach parenting, but when I look at younger children, when you know they won't look at you in the eye, like yeah. that's something we have to learn over time, right? And you're building your yeah. skill. Yeah, I mean, so we engage, actually we engage in a whole set of play. Mm-hmm. Um, we have what's called pre-play where mm-hmm. children are, are doing things, but they're not really engaging in an imaginary activity. They're just kind of knocking things over and, yeah. and doing things. And then there's called what's called parallel play. And that's when you see like maybe the two-year-old that's following around an older child and doing the exact same things that they're right. doing. They're not really engaging in a... Um, a shared imaginative kind of world or, or game. Mm-hmm. There's just, it's just mimicking, right? Because that's how we learn by mimicking. Yeah. And then we engage in play. And that's when we have like that shared mm-hmm. kind of thing. And same thing with the conversation is we're having a conversation. We're engaging in kind of a shared reality or a shared like world that we're, you know, conversing about. Right. You know? Yeah. It's uh, fascinating. Yeah. Another thing that I think is really interesting is video games mm-hmm. and flow. Can you yep. talk a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah. So video games get dogged on a lot because, you know, <laughs> it's going to rot your brain or whatever they say about it. But video games is actually uh, can be very flow inducing because you are creating a set of skills and that there's the challenge of the game. And the games are made specifically made to increase the challenge by uh, 2 to 4% every yeah. time you kind of level up. Uh, another fascinating thing is there's – I've read something recently, a research uh, uh, that was saying that um, people who play video games have better ability to make executive decisions. Interesting. Because if you think about a video game, it's all about making decisions, yeah. right? Do I go right? Do I go left? Yeah. Do I do this? Do I take this approach? So you have like strategic games, tactical games. You mm. have puzzle games. And so they're all about making really quick, real-time decisions. So maybe I need to start playing video start games. Start playing video games and stop giving my children such a hard time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but with anything, there can be too much, right? So yeah. with flow, yeah. just in general, yeah. you know, we've talked about like when it becomes an obsession or an mm-hmm. addiction to do the thing. An addiction meaning that it interferes with your day to day life. Yeah. That can be problematic. Can you? Yeah. So there's well, there's a couple of things I think. First of all, to understand about flow, and if you read uh, uh, Mihai's book, which is a really good book, um, and there's other books that kind of broke off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about the Rise of Superman before with me, yeah. um, and, and there's a couple other ones that are really good. But he starts off in a very dark place. So that's the first thing to know is that when you read his book, he starts off by saying that happiness is not guaranteed. Right. Yeah. It's just like. Uh, it, that we live in this indifferent universe. Albert Camus called it the unreasonable silence of the universe, trying to find meaning or purpose mm-hmm. or, or even happiness. Uh, I, in a, in a talk that I gave, I mentioned that the constitution or the, not the constitution, but the declaration of independence guarantees us only the pursuit of happiness, but not actual yeah. happiness. Right. And so how do we get the most out of our happiness? And so that's really what flow is about is saying when you, are engaging in something, how do you increase that that happiness, mm-hmm. right? How do you increase what happiness you do have in those areas that you can find it? Because we know that day-to-day things are not always happy. Like, I don't find joy in folding laundry, right? Right. I don't find joy <laughs> in washing dishes. I don't find, like, those things, you can't, those can, those are actually flow-inducing activities. They can be, but we typically don't find joy. I don't find joy in paying my bills, right? Right. Yes. And so, uh, so... When we think about flow and that we have these activities that induce this state of bliss, sometimes it causes us – well, there's a couple of things. We are always having to increase our chal- our skill set. So they're mm-hmm. always increasing our challenge. So we're always seeking a higher challenge, okay. right? a greater challenge. And so that requires time and yep. effort and resources. Uh, and then it also is an, can be an escape. So it becomes a thing where like I would rather be playing in my sandbox at my house – than mowing my lawn. Right, right. I would rather be... Because your you know, skill yeah. is so developed at mowing yeah. your lawn, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, the way I can... You know, the, I, I think there's an analogy that I used to put is like, you know, uh, if you have a concert pianist and you tell them to play Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, just yeah. the basic Twinkle, Twinkle, like yeah. that's not 
fun, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, but having them interpret it, so that's where you can get folding laundry be fluid and do this, where you create a time limit to do it mm. or see how fast you can you know, fold a certain shirt or trying to fit, trying to learn how to fold a fitted sheet. That could be yeah. flow inducing. But yeah, so it can be because it can be disruptive. So it, it's it's a state of happiness where you may try to replace that with other things. Okay. And so you can avoid relationships. You can avoid job. Mm -hmm. uh, you can avoid um, your chores at home because mm -hmm. you would rather engage in this activity that's giving you a state of bliss right. than other things. And then also you have things like poker. Poker is a state of can is a flow a flow inducing um, activity. And but you can lose all your money, right? So right, yeah. so it can be it can be hazardous. Absolutely, yeah. It's so fascinating to think about you know just that there's this dark side to everything, yeah, you know. Yeah, whether yeah. Um, even though flow is really good for us, well, I think this, everything's got like a little like everything yeah. has like a little too much, right? Yeah. You can always engage yeah. something too much, and then it's just yeah, it's yeah. no longer get the benefits that Absolutely. you need. Yeah. Trying to find that balance. Yeah. Um, so for folks that do, I mean, really for all of us. Mm -hmm. Finding things that we can do that can in, in put us into a flow state is a healthy thing mm -hmm. for the most part um, and can be great for our, our mental and our emotional health because it's going to let our brain sort of relax mm -hmm. and get off of the um, ruminations or the stress, right? Is that yeah, perseverating, sort of, all mm -hmm. the things that we do. So, you know, in our job that we do, uh, we every job within, I think, DFPS has its its the hard parts, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so there, I know like as workers, I, when I was in the field in conservatorship, even now as a foster adoptive, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I go, oh, did I forget something about mm -hmm. this case? Mm -hmm. Did I miss something I didn't meet? And I know like with the investigators, you know, waking up and not knowing what your day is going to look like, right? right? That can be very stressful. And so you're dealing with this anxiety and this stress. And so when you engage in an activity or passion that you have and you're inducing that flow state, you're able to kind of at least momentarily yeah. remove those anxieties and those stresses. So the blood pressure is yeah. lower. Yeah. And then you're also learning skill sets. So that's the other thing is that as you're engaging in these activities, you're learning skill sets that can help you in mm -hmm. your job performance. And so one thing that I always advocate is people to find their passion, mm -hmm. right? Find the things that they really enjoy doing, whether it be cooking or it be exercising or having conversations, right? Yeah. Playing games. The more that you engage in those activities, the greater your skill set becomes. And those skill sets can apply to the work that you do. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It makes so much sense. So for most people, you probably have, I mean, I think most of us probably have a way that we find flow, but maybe we've never just put it in those terms, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. um, for, for everybody, there's something you can probably think back on or if you think about kind of what lights you up and maybe it is at work, yeah. right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in relationships. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and work, again, work, is, work can be flow-inducing because there's deadlines, yeah. right? So you're trying to meet a deadline and that could be the thing that you are, your challenge with your skills that you're yeah. trying to do or trying to see how fast you can do something or how much detail you can put into maybe a report or, or a family that you're working on. So the different ways that you can, you can create it. Um, but you know, that's also requires effort, you know, yeah. and that's, that part is everything requires energy and, and, uh, something Lacey and I've done in a previous conversation that we've done a lecture or talk on, on flow is finding the, the thing that you're interested in and then being an amateur at it. Right. Right. Yes. And so that's that part is the effort. If you can find something that you enjoy or interested in, you're more likely to continue. And if you're an amateur at it, really embracing that because right. then that flow state that you have, it may be shorter lived. But it's more frequent because you're starting to get that feedback as yeah. it's required. Whereas somebody who, like that concert pianist, right? Them playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star is not going to be as flow-inducing as an amateur 
learning to play Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and so there are different things. And I think, you know, being an amateur and embracing it's going to be the best. So, yeah. you know, finding your flow state, finding the activity that you're passionate in. So now that you are, I mean, from my understanding, you're one of the world's best sand sculptors, right? I mean... I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're so humble. Yeah. <laughs> As a person who has developed the skill from, you know, the beginning yeah. Yeah. of doing an amateur competition to where you are now, is it harder for you to get into flow now that you are in this? No, because I feel like, uh, you know, I think that there are, I get, I have a, I get a challenge. I get to find ways to challenge myself. I think yeah. that's the best way to put it is that when you go out and sculpt, I'm not going to be doing the same sculpture over time, mm-hmm. over a single time. And I'm going to try something new. So drapery was something that I've been working on for a while. And now I'm going to start working on, uh, things that involve more uh, technical skills like uh, overhangs and, and, and cut-throughs and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And so that becomes the challenge, right? Learning this new area. Whereas mm-hmm. I think in the beginning, I could only do really one specific thing, yep. right? And I could do that well enough to keep me going. Mm-hmm. And so now as I get – the challenges get bigger, right? Right. And they get more difficult, but I'm able to achieve those easier. Whereas I think as an amateur – I was more frustrated mm-hmm. trying to do some of these things that I that I wasn't ready to do. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So, what yeah. happens when you hit a roadblock? How do you? It's difficult. I think you know there's a, there's a, a sand sculptor who told me this once, a, a master sculptor, Suzanne Altamar. She's amazing, uh, and she told me this once. Uh, there was a sculptor that was uh, we were working on a project, and the sculptor came in and said, "I'm just not feeling inspired today." Mm-hmm. And she said, "Inspirations for amateurs go to your job." Okay. Right. And, 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 you know, I, and what's funny is I think about that because Stephen King also has a, a thing about that, about mm-hmm. writing, like, you know, just write, like, it doesn't matter if you feel inspired, a professional, you know, doesn't have the luxury of being waiting to be inspired. They have to work. And so I think for me, there are times where I just don't feel like I have the energy or feel like I've got an idea or feel mm-hmm. like, you know, that, that I, I can't be creative. It's really just going out there and just forcing myself to do it. Get started. And I find that once I get started, I'm going to start kind of having fun with it. Yeah. 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 I think about that a lot just in life in general when I don't feel like going out for a walk. Mm -hmm. The inertia. Yeah. You know, that holds you back. Like, you just got to get that rock moving a little bit. Yeah. You know. I heard someone once say, um, like, they're like, someone was complaining about, like, oh, I just don't really want to do this. Mm -hmm. And the person goes, then do it faster. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. There's the challenge. Uh, That's fun. Okay. Well, do you have any kind of closing tips on flow for folks that want to maybe learn more about it or try to find it in their own life? I think, um, well, I think there's a couple things. So first, I think there's, uh, I I feel like there's something to validate in all of us is that in, in Mihai's book, he talks about the kind of the state of man and the state of this happiness thing. And I think that out there, and maybe this is just to some one person that's out there. And I feel like this is important to hear is that that feelings that we may have of hopelessness or the feelings of not of not having good worth or low self-esteem or concept or just feeling like it's too mm-hmm. challenging or or whatever you're feeling. That feeling is a valid feeling. Like mm-hmm. we all feel anxiety. We all feel stress. We don't we don't live in the Instagram world where everybody has pearly white teeth and is mm-hmm. on vacation. Right? right. Right. And so what we should look at is what are the things that make us happy? Mm-hmm. And try to pursue those, right? And yeah. try to find that because we're, we're going to be okay. You're mm-hmm. going to be happy. We're all going to be okay. We're going to be, we're going to find those things, but know that it's going to take time. Know that we have to fail at it so that we can get better at it. And so, mm-hmm. um, really just kind of finding that passion, dedicating yourself to learning that skill 
and dedicating yourself to taking that mm-hmm. challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, that is wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom. Uh, for those of you who like to dig deeper into the research around things, I'll definitely be putting links to the book Flow mm-hmm. with uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And uh, Rise of Superman, I think that's also a really yep. good one. Do you have any other resources that... I think those are good ones. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and then finding activities. You can go online. I think there's like meetup, and mm. like sites and stuff that you can find groups that, yep. of people that are interested in. Uh, especially if you're someone who's struggling and you feel stuck and maybe you're in a passion you have feel stuck. Meeting other people mm-hmm. can help inc- increase your, your skill set. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of lots of great information out there on this topic. We also recorded a webinar a while back, so I'll drop the link as well to the webinar on flow with Albert and uh, some folks can find their flow out there. Yep. Good luck, guys. All right. Thank you so much, Albert. Thank really you. Appreciate it. I should challenge you to figure out how to spell if you can spell Mihai's name <laughs> off the top of your head. <laughs> so I did try to spell Mihai Chicks and Mihai. And I did cut that from the recording, so you don't have to hear it. (laughs) I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Please go to the show notes if you want to learn more about this topic or to see pictures of Albert's amazing art. And I hope to connect with you on a future episode. If you have any questions, as always, please reach out. And if you have ideas for people that we should have on the podcast, let me know. All right. Have a great rest of your day and take care.